is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Red Belt Report. The podcast where we talk about everything that's going on in the world of mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm Brooks Phelan. And this time we're here to talk about UFC 201, Robbie Lawler versus Tyron Woodley, as well as UFC on Fox 20, Holly Holm versus Shevchenko. What the hell is her first name? But uh, yeah, that's what we're here to talk about. It's Valentina, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) What's going on? Oh, not much, man. I'm glad to get back in the routine of podcasting. Yeah, me too. Get back into the uh, swing of things here, and there's plenty of MMA going on to talk about. Absolutely. So let's get right into UFC 201. What do you know? Another huge upset. Yep. As Tyron Woodley knocks out Robbie Lawler in the first round. I have to say... The way going, I could, I could see it. <laughs> After ever, all these crazy uh, stops, man, every fight that was just like... Didn't know when a stoppage was coming. It was a wild card. Yeah, actually, that's the thing I want to talk about first is just the card overall. I mean, this is one where it's actually the first card of the year for 2016 going in where I'm like, eh, I don't know about this one. Because, I mean, it got hurt by injuries. You had Demetrius Johnson, had a pullout, Ian McCall fight, and I think there was maybe one other one. Yeah. But it just didn't have that star power, you know, of course, because it's coming. Right, like, too, huh? Yeah, they stacked the, the deck. They stacked the deck so deep that, of course, it would, you know, the next pay-per-view would take Which, it a little bit of a hit. But Yeah, you have to see it coming because they've done, they've done a really good job this year of stacking yes, cards. Absolutely, and they're going to get right back to it, as we'll talk about when we preview 202. But, yeah, but still, I mean, overall, it surprised me. I mean, this is one of those ones where you go in with low expectations and – the fight's delivered. They might not have had the name value, but... Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Absolutely, and I would have bet... Well, this year, I would never bet anything after all the upsets that have happened. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely thought Robbie Lawler was going to take care of business here. He's the guy that puts on the best fights, and Woodley, I thought, was a guy who would be tired after a round or two and, and kind of get beat, but... I mean, he is an explosive athlete. Athlete, If he's going to win, it was going to be early, and yeah, that's what happened. I'm in the same boat with you. I, was, I thought it was uh, Lawler would have no problem taking care of business here. And if, I was, if I gambled on MMA, I probably would have put my money on Lawler, but uh, it didn't get those late rounds at all. He, I was Lawler should have been circling way more. I mean, to me, I mean, if we, I'm not getting into the review yet, but... I just it did not turn out how I was expecting. I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, I thought at least let Lawler get through this, and there's so many exciting fights ahead for him. And yeah. I mean, it's hard to be disappointed when it was a really uh, great knockout. I mean, it was. Yeah, well, not in that sense disappointed, but I was turning into a Lawler fan, and yeah, it was like you said, it was just kind of a speed bump fight where you get get over it and more, you bet uh, on to more exciting things, but. Uh, 
doesn't work out that way. <laughs> yeah, never seems to this year anyway. I think this is the sixth or seventh title that has changed hands in the first seven months of the year. Right, that also, that's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you started off the year... Lawler, he kicked things off, beat Condit, and I fight I thought he should have lost, but it was an incredible yeah. fight. And then you had Dominic Cruz beat TJ Dillashaw and all the way down the line. But, yeah, I mean, Tyron Woodley, I didn't even think he deserved the title shot. Yeah. Not that I don't think he's a great fighter or anything, but I just didn't think he had especially, the best path to get there. Yeah, especially the layoff, man. Yeah. I mean, it is Hendricks' fault, but. Exactly. He could have gotten a fight in there somewhere. And that would have helped just, I think, a lot of people just appreciate the shot that he's getting. I think he just needed one more win to really deserve it. Just because the way he beat Condit with the injury and the layoff and everything. And he tends to have some boring fights where he does he's scared to throw, it seems like. Absolutely. It's not quite like uh, Johnny Hendricks' build-up where he had all these nice knockouts. Yeah. It yeah. Just wasn't nearly like that. Just turns out he won the title by that kind of bounce, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, it worked out the way it did. The fight started off like pretty slow. I mean, they were both being very tentative. Yeah, feeling I was out. expecting Lawler to be a little more aggressive, but at the same time, I think he understood this is the most dangerous round of the fight. Better to be a little precautious early on when you know you can win the later rounds. Yeah. He survived that first flurry. And I was like, all right, he's here. It's going to pick up right now. And then it, all it took was really the second exchange of the fight, a feint, yeah. Lawler drops his hands, and boom, the perfect right hand yeah, I right on the button. I watched that uh, replay a few times, man. That was a very good feint for the uh, were hands. Yeah. Right hand? Yeah, yeah, it was the right hand. Yeah. I mean, and he – I think Lawler – <clears throat> Might have recovered it, but Woodley did a great job jumping on him, putting the hammers in. His face swelled, uh, swelled up so quick. It was, like, <laughs> it was yeah. a huge lump on the side of his face. At first it looked like Lawler was contesting the stoppage, but I think he was just so out of it. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a legit knockout. <laughs> yeah, his interview was just like, oh, he just caught me, man. He fainted and got my hand down. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like that. Nice line. Yeah, I mean, at least he's not saying, like, oh, it's a fluke or I wasn't knocked out or anything like yeah. that. Gotta appreciate that. He said, yeah, yeah. he got me with the time, the Woodley bomb or whatever he said. Back, hopefully, I don't know, he's getting old, but he'll definitely take it on him. Yeah, I would expect him. I don't think he's lost that much. I mean, this is... I wouldn't say it's a fluke, obviously, but I think if they fought again, I would still favor Lawler to, yeah. as long as he could survive that first or second round. Yeah, if, even if he if he somehow gets to a title defense. It's crazy that after the fight, he was trying to downplay the Stephen Thompson fight straight to his face even. Oh, yeah, Woodley? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Stephen Thompson clearly is the most deserving next in line yes. and the toughest challenge. <clears throat> trying to... Nick Diaz, who hasn't won a fight in like five years. Yep, hasn't won a fight in five years and is coming off a two-year suspension for marijuana. Get out of here with that. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Nick Diaz fight Robbie Lawler. Yeah, that would be a great fight. he's the only other person that's ever knocked him out. Yeah. And uh, I just think that would be an awesome fight. Obviously, I think Nick Diaz coming back from suspension 
he's got to thank his brother for keeping his name relevant while he was gone. <laughs> Crazy how that works. I know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah, if what do you think should be next for Tyron Woodley if if it's not Thompson? I mean, he's calling out GSP, and oh. GSP says he wants to fight as well. So, I would say the winner of the uh, Maya Conde fight, if there has to be somebody else, I don't yeah. see it. it makes sense not to be Stephen Thompson. But. Yeah, I think you got to give it to Thompson, except I saw that they already have Vegas odds for GSP versus Tyron Woodley. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's a viable fight if GSP's coming back. That these be, I, he would be the only person I would say could jump uh, Stephen Thompson. Yeah, not, not Nick Diaz. Yeah, I agree with that. Nick Diaz, get out of here with that. <laughs> He's just trying to get a, a buck there. But GSP, at least he never lost the title. I mean, he can make a case that he would deserve any shot as soon as he came back. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that. And it would be a great fight, I think, because, I mean, Woodley's a good wrestler, should be able to defend GSP's takedowns at least early on, and obviously he's got the power to do what Matt Sarah did to him one time. I'm just hoping he can kind of hold out and maybe we'll get to see Steven Thompson versus GSP. I think that would be a great fight. Yeah, oh, God. Thompson can keep uh, improving on his takedown defense, which I feel like he does every camp. Yeah, and honestly, right now, Steven Thompson versus anybody is a fight that I got to see. That gotcha. dude is exciting. <laughs> I wouldn't miss anything. And uh, Robbie Lawler. I still want to see Robbie Lawler fight Steven Thompson one day, so hopefully he gets back in the mix of things. That also would be a great fight. Yeah. Or maybe they could do, if Condit wins against Maya, maybe Lawler versus Condit to fight the winner of Thompson versus Woodley or whatever shakes out. Yeah, that would definitely have to be a main event, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. you got to get five rounds with that. Absolutely. Thing, I mean, that's the thing. with The top of Walter Ray right now is pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, There's a lot of possibilities. Absolutely. That's a very exciting weight class right now. Yeah. Usually, you know, I mean, besides when GSP was cleaning everybody out, now it's back. To yeah. Good. I mean, there's always that age-old debate. What's best for a weight class? Is it a dominant champion? Is that what gets people to draw in, or is it... I like the women's bantamweight right now where it changes hands every time. Never know what could happen. But I think the way welterweight right now is is pretty good where, yeah, you have a guy that defends the title a couple of times, but then someone else knocks him off. And Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, uh, it leads to unpredictability. I think the key to that is, like, depends on, like, the champion, what kind of champion it is. If it's somebody exciting like a Jose Aldo or... or Robbie Lawler. Yeah, yeah, Robbie Lawler. He's yeah. Put, incredible fights then it's good to kind of have a, a ruling champion yeah. if it's getting boring it doesn't sell I'm not going to put GSP out there but some of his uh, fights were boring when he, it's all full guard and, yes <laughs> it's like who would you rather watch when they were both in their uh, big streaks Silva or GSP yeah, right. I'm going with the spider <laughs> but yeah that's uh, Forrest Griffin to like Yushinokami range of his I mean he was like that's when he turned into the myth oh yeah hell yeah that front kick the Vitor Belfort man. oh yeah I think one day we're gonna have to count down like or put a list together for the top 50 or something best fighters of all time yeah we'll definitely have to do that <laughs> well stay yeah. tuned for that but uh yeah for like our Thanksgiving thing before our end of the year yeah or we could wait for a milestone episode that's true we can do that also because <laughs> I plan to be doing this for a while absolutely <laughs> up to a thousand yes 
but the co-main event of UFC 201 was a highly entertaining and very skilled competition between a uh, women's strawweight division, by the way. Rose Namajunas against Karolina Kowalkiewicz, and uh, looks like Poland's going to have a, a little civil war of its own here. I think that's very cool. Yeah, I actually love that idea. Yeah. But Carolina... Karolina Kowalkiewicz defeated Rose Namajunas by split decision. For yeah. some reason, some judge gave Rose Namajunas the uh, decision, but... I mean, it was close. I don't know if it was that close, but... Yeah, I mean, I I could see giving Rose the first round. Yeah, but I thought bad. she pretty clearly lost the last two. It was a good fight. Both are obviously at the top of this weight class. Yeah. But Kowalkiewicz looked really good. She always starts off slow, and she did it again here. As soon as she got rolling, I mean, she was impressive in the clinch and with her striking. So easy, yeah, for sure. What I hope that she gets Yuani Andrejic next for the championship. It said that, didn't we? It sounded like Joe Rogan pretty much all but said it. But I mean, they can change their mind. Yeah, that's true. I don't see any other like options really to take the place of it, but. Yeah. I really hope they do it in Poland. I, I won't see how they couldn't. I know. It's just, if you're looking to extend the sport on a global scale and get more international like viewers, that's that's certainly one way to do it right there. It's a perfect opportunity. Yeah. How they let that slide. Yeah, it's got to happen. Well, I also heard that if they do it in well, at UFC 205 or or in New York, that there's a lot of Poland Polish population in New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, I did hear that also. But still, I mean, let's do it over over in Poland. Didn't they do a Polish show not long ago? Somewhere around there. Like, they definitely have done, they did a Hamburg, Germany. They did, they've done like a few places like they, over there. Something. Yeah, I think they have <laughs> been there before. Yeah. So that would be really cool. I I don't know. I still would expect you and a champion to win that fight, but should yeah. be fun striking exchange. It's a bummer, man. Rose is like up there, but she, I guess she's, she's still got some work to do before she really sharpens her blades and gets to the championship level. Yeah, I mean, she still. I mean, she looked good. She came out hot. She she just got hit with some body shots in the clinch that changed the game. I mean, that'll happen to anybody. Definitely. And she's still, what, she's like 24, 25, so... She's really young. I mean, she's got plenty of time. And she's already a top five top five or seven fighter in the weight class, so... Yeah. I fully expect her to bounce right back and get into the thick of things. Definitely. I agree. I mean, as far as who I'd like to see her fight, I don't know. That's tough. Maybe Claudia Gadea, both coming off of the losses, but that's a pretty tough uh, rebound. Yeah, I don't know. You definitely want to get her back on track, so maybe that's too tough. But I'm sure they'll figure something out. Yeah, maybe like a Michelle Waterson or somebody like that. Yeah, I could see that. They could sell that. I don't know what's booked in terms of that division, but yeah, there's so many cards now; it's hard to really keep track. <laughs> um, third fight down was a, another big surprise for me when Jake Ellenberger knocks out Matt Brown oh. in the first round. First time he's ever been finished by strikes. And, I mean, it came, the bell rang, he got hit by overhand right, it looked like it was over, but Matt Somehow Brown... stuck it in, stuck it out. Yeah, tough as shit as usual, I mean, weather, tried to weather the storm, and then it actually looked like Ellenberger was gassing or something, because he was kind of getting lit up. 
Yeah. And then he cracks him with the perfect liver kick, and uh, down goes <laughs> Matt Brown for the count. I was really disappointed to see it end that way, but it was it was a crazy first round. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like an Anthony Johnson type overhand right that was like a shotgun shot to the face. <laughs> perfect liver kick, and we've seen many of fighters, toughest shit fighters, go down from that, like Donald Cerrone yeah. and. It's just nothing you can do. It's like the only way you can take out someone that tough is that way. Yeah, I couldn't believe it ended that way. It's unfortunate for Matt Brown. I think he's lost like four out of his last five or six. Yeah. But he's clearly always fighting the top of the line. His losses are to Damian Maya, Robbie Lawler, guys like that. Yeah. Still one of my favorite fighters to watch in that division. I think he lost to Rory too, didn't he? Yeah, he might have. He might have. That might have been one of them. Uh, I still want to see him fight Donald Cerrone, but that might have to get on hold with all these losses. Yeah. Still tough as shit. Fun to watch. Jake Ellenberger saved his UFC career with this performance. Yeah, they said that he was like kind of cut. He like begged for one more fight. Yeah, he had lost five of his last six to not quite as good competition. And uh, I thought he was Bellator bound, but he gets he gets second life here. Yeah. You never know. He's in the best shape of his life. He's in a new camp. All the cliches that they say. Oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, that's pretty much it as far as like big name stuff. But there was some fun fights, like Eric Perez versus Francisco Rivera. That was like a fun back and forth fight. Eric Perez won by decision. I didn't catch that when I started watching it. Like, uh, I'm asked with all Pearson. Yeah, well, this was on the pay-per-view, the fourth, uh, second fight in. That was it. It's the Bantamweights, where it started... Uh, yeah, yeah, I do have that. The start of the third round, they just went winging, at, like, throwing haymakers back and forth for, like, the first minute of the round. Yeah. Pretty intense. But kind of dumb for uh, Rivera gassed himself out and got uh, out-wrestled. They did it again in the third round, too. Yeah. Through that. Perez, he's a young guy. Uh, I think he started training with Dominic Cruz or something because he was kind of mimicking his style a little bit. Yeah. Looked pretty good. 26 years old. He's got some potential in a stacked division at Bantamweight. The opening fight of the card was Ryan Benoit versus Freddie Serrano. Or Benoit. Ryan Benoit versus Freddie Serrano. Bennett or something. Yeah, this was supposed to be in McCall versus Justin Scoggins, but Scoggins had to pull out of the fight. So they moved this one up, this flyweight fight up, and man, this was an odd one. Uh, Freddie Serrano, this uh, Olympic uh, wrestler or judo guy, I think it's wrestling, but he was like crawling for takedowns, doing these little weird rolls and flips and (laughs) axe kicks. It was an entertaining fight for sure. Ryan ben- Benoit won by decision. Yeah, he got beat up too. And <laughs> yeah, he took the fight on ten days' notice. Got his, got the job done. Was um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nikita Krylov knocked out Ed Herman with the second round. Dude, that was brutal. Knockout, and that was pretty awesome head kick. Yeah. Uh, Krylov is really like one of the only real prospects in that division right now. He's really improved over the last few years. Yeah. I'd like to see him fight someone like uh, in the top 10, 15 range next. Yeah, get a bigger name. I could not believe that kick, though. I mean, it was perfect. He was. Yeah. 
And he looked like he was playing a video game with all the combinations and with he was throwing with ease. Yeah. Like, I don't know where this guy... He came into the UFC as a joke at heavyweight where he had one of the worst fights in the history of the sport and dropped down to light heavyweight and clearly has improved his skills tremendously. That's awesome. Um, yeah, like you said, Jorge Masvidal defeated Ross Pearson. Entertaining fight. Yeah, it was <laughs> nice back and forth fight. Pearson took the fight on short notice. He's He used to fight as low as 145. This fight was at 170. And you could tell the size difference. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he took it on, what, 20 or 21 days notice or something like that. Which yeah, because he had just fought Will Brooks at the Hawker um, yeah, Fighter Yeah, three was like a quick fight. Either. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. And there was a weird moment after the second round where after he had gotten, like, dropped with the counter left, he, at the end of the round... Like, puts his arms up and walks yeah. into the oh, wrong corner. Thought the fight was over. Like, that was kind of weird. Yeah, it was definitely uh, signs of some concussions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> or at least adrenaline, but... Uh, yeah, still, entertaining fight, for sure. Don't know really what it means in the long-term yeah, things, but... It's definitely just to keep Masvidal all in the car. Right? Yeah. And, you know, they gotta get paid. Yeah, true. I don't know how... How Pearson comes out of that fight? He's lost. I don't know if it's more than two in a row, but at least no. That's his second in a row. He he's been going like win lose win lose win lose. This is the first time he's lost back to back. But yeah, he'll. I think he'll get another shot or two just because he did them a favor taking him on short notice, and he's usually pretty entertaining when he fights. Yeah, see how long he lasts though. See what weight class is next for him. Maybe he'll go up to heavyweight and give it a shot. <laughs> Uh, last fight I wanted to talk about from 201 was Wilson Hayes defeating Hector Lombard by submission in the first, only because <laughs> this guy went from yeah, Wilson Hayes. He beat who? Hector Sandoval. Uh, I thought you said Lam- oh, Lombard. No, that would be crazy. Huh. Uh, this guy went from fighting Demetrius Johnson for the title in the co-main event to fighting on the prelims against a UFC newcomer. <laughs> and I mean at least he made quick work and did what he had to do to get the win sad thing is that title shot is probably not going to happen at least anytime soon because it's of the tough finalist, right? Yep, it's going to have go into that ultimate fighter season and then the winner of that is going to get the next shot so. I feel like that still takes a while uh, takes a while to play out so they're probably going to give it to Wilson in the meantime I guess it's possible, depending on how fast Demetrius' uh, hand injury heals. Yeah. And, but at the same time, Hayes didn't really deserve a title shot in the first place. He was, like, ranked 10th in, in the weight class. He only won one fight in a row. <laughs> like I had never heard of him when they announced the fight. I had to, like, look him up. Yeah, he he was the uh, Elite XC, that amazing organization's champion <laughs> uh, back in the day. He's a solid fighter, certainly solid. But, you know, Demetrius Johnson's just run ramp, rampage through the uh, flyweight division. Beating everybody. Yeah. So I guess that does it for UFC 201. Um, I mean, not a lot of storylines coming out of it. I mean, other than the main event and the co-main event. But it was a fun fight. But let's move on to the UFC on Fox 20 card that happened the weekend before. 
which saw Valentina Shevchenko knock off Holly Holm for her second loss in a row. Um, yeah, this was pretty disappointing performance for Holly. Really disappointing. I mean, she came out just timid as she was before she beat Ronda Rousey. She looked like the fighter that I thought she was when I thought Rodna was just going to run right through her. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was so thrown off by it. She just looked flat and did, wasn't out attacking like she was in her previous fights, especially the Ronda Rousey fight. Yeah, Shevchenko really controlled the distance and the tempo. and just the, after the, I mean, I think maybe she lost the first round, but she really found her distance and did what she had to do to, to win this fight against a tough competitor. Yeah. I think... I think Holmes' problem is she doesn't know what to do when someone's not just rushing in to attack. Like, that yeah. that's what Rousey did. She rushed in, and Holmes was able to just counter her at will. Yeah. But here, Shevchenko was more measured. She was using distance. And I think Holmes struggled to find her range, and she's not really good at putting the pressure on people. Yeah, it's almost like... Uh... Anderson Silva, where you see if people aren't charging into frame the counter, he's not quite as good yeah. to initiate the attack. Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, this is continues the upheaval in the women's bantamweight division. Yeah, I really don't know where this division stands at all. It's, a, it's complete insanity. I mean. Who knows what the hell they're going to do now. I think I saw that Nunez says Juliana Pena is going to be next for the title if Ronda doesn't come back um, by the end of the year. What? Are going to make this wait that long? <laughs> I guess, they're re- I guess they, in a perfect world they would want Ronda versus Nunes at Madison Square Garden. But if she can't make it, then they're going to do Lima. Juli- or, yeah. Wait, Pena, Pena. Juliana Lima is a much worse fighter. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess that's the move. Yeah, I mean, what else could you do at this point? Yeah. Uh, what do you do with Holly Holm coming off this loss? I mean, the first loss to Tate was acceptable because it was such a come from behind and kind of... Yeah. But uh, she just never, never looked like she was going to win that fight. Yeah. I mean, they got to still want to set her up for possible rematch with Rousey down the line or Tate down the line. I don't know who they would give her next. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I don't who was in contention. Gotta look at the rankings real quick, but uh, yeah, I that's mean, a tough call. Because you don't want to give her a tough, I mean, too tough of a fight. If she loses three in a row, then it's pretty much like she's done for. <laughs> she's gatekeeper status at that point. Yeah. But Maybe like a Katzengano or... Yeah, I could see that. It's a tough fight, but, I mean, that makes sense, though. Yeah. Because you want her to get back into the mix of things. They had a, like, what was it? Uh, some They had great ratings for this card, which was yeah, not true. which not a great card, except it had Holly Holm. So people clearly like, like her as a name in the sport to watch. Yeah. And yeah, I, I was surprised by the draw myself. I mean, like you said, the card was not that great. Yeah, this was probably the worst Fox card to date. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I enjoyed watching it, don't get me wrong, but they usually put some pretty good fights on here. 
And I think this was another one that got hurt a little bit by injury. Can't remember which fights, but... Glover and Anthony Johnson was supposed Yeah, to that's right. Yep, that was supposed to headline. That would have been awesome. Big loss. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about that. As far as Shevchenko goes, she just lost to Amanda Nunes, but it wasn't like she got knocked out or killed. It was a close decision. I don't think she's super close to a title shot, but certainly one step closer. Yeah, that was um, a big win for her. Yeah, definitely. That should raise her stock big time. I guess she could fight someone like Misha Tate next and see what happens. Yes. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Maybe do even Misha Tate Holly Holm rematch as non-title. Yeah, that would definitely sell. Yeah. If they wanted to put that somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun, this way, the insanity of this weight class, because you, I guess you could do kind of know what's going to happen, you just, the underdog is going to win every time. I just, the only problem I see is I don't see who Ron is going to come back against, I mean, I guess they'll give her the title shot no matter who it is, but. Yeah, but it's not as big as it would have been if it was Homer Tate. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's tough, but hey, that's the sport, you got you, you got to win the fight to get the – you can't think too far ahead, and that's a problem the UFC has run into from time to time. Yes, I mean, I guess it is a good problem to have with the exciting upsets and all. But yeah, and I think it's – sorry, it's, uh, it is kind of proven that when a big upset happens, the person that beat the more popular fighter does gain some traction because Holm became famous from beating Rousey. Now maybe – you know, Shevchenko will get a little bit of buzz from beating home. So yeah, definitely, definitely doesn't hurt as far as like getting more popular fighters or well-known fighters. Yeah. Whereas if you just have a challenger who's fighting a popular fighter and they lose that one fight, you see them for a casual fan, then it's kind of like one in, in one ear out the other. Yeah, definitely plays that way. I also think, um, Like the, uh, I guess it's a good problem to have with all the change there where you get more stars and more exciting matchups, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's almost like no matter what happens, you can look at it in a good way for the, for the UFC and MMA in general. It's fight sports. I mean, they're exciting no matter what. So I love the way the sport seems to be uh, building up. Just seems to be gaining and gaining in popularity even more, even though people thought it kind of peaked ten years ago. Yeah, for sure. I think it's only a matter of time before they have to bring in a women's uh, featherweight division and even flyweight too. Yeah, I could see they, that. They just announced Cyborg uh, headlining a Fox card at one forty again. Yeah, yeah, and that's cool. I you bring in the more stars the better. It doesn't matter what weight class. I I do think they should just bring that entire weight class and her belt with her. But yeah, I see how they can. I mean, the women they draw well. This is like the only sport where they can pretty much match up, entertainment wise, competitively, and like as a draw with the men. I mean, mm-hmm. they've proven it. Yeah, I mean their fights are exciting. They they deserve it. It's, Absolutely, they've built it up good for themselves absolutely i really enjoy it's like the only sport i mean nothing against women athletes in any other sport but it just yeah it seems like it's a much slower pace in other sports whereas this it's actually they haven't i mean it is maybe not the athleticism to the extreme but they barely have lost a step from watching the men play 
And you heard, like, a lot of the girls in the earlier fights when they first brought in the UFC, like, we're trying to throw down here, show them what we got. Yeah. And it definitely worked, it definitely worked out in their favor. Yeah, gotta love that attitude. Yeah. But uh, the only other real fight to take note of from Fox 20 was Edson Barbosa defeating Gilbert Melendez and beating him soundly. Yeah. I uh, mean, Barbosa has looked sharper and sharper every time out since he lost to Cerrone, I think was. Or yeah. no, he lost to Tony Ferguson was his last time he lost. But, I mean. It's very disappointing for Gilbert Melendez. Yeah, man, wow. One and three now in the UFC. Yeah, coming off the suspension for steroids. Yeah, that's not a very good look for him. I don't think he's in danger of being cut, but man, he's getting paid a lot of money to just be that guy. Definitely. Yeah, I was I was kind of rooting for Gilbert because I always liked him at Force. I thought he beat uh, Benson Henderson to win the title, but he didn't get it. Didn't go his way. Uh, I thought he beat Eddie Alvarez before he tested positive for steroids and. Uh, it's just been a bad uh, UFC tenure for sure. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's really bum- big bummer for him. He looked great in Strike Force, like you said, and I was a fan of him, and he just has not been able to put it together. It's it didn't stand a chance. I mean, he didn't look very competitive against Barbosa. No, that. he really didn't. He was half a step slower on every. Uh, trade off, you know, of strikes, and he really just couldn't get much going. Pretty crazy to think that you had Anthony Pettis versus Gilbert Melendez for the lightweight title a couple years ago. Now Pettis has lost three in a row, and Melendez has lost three in a row. It's with Barboza. I mean, he's really coming on strong the last couple fights. Yeah, he looks really good. And it is kind of telling that they announced Tony Ferguson versus Rafael Dos Anjos um, in Mexico City, I think, in November. I mean, that kind of rules them out of a title shot against Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. So either that means Khabib is, they're just giving him the title shot flat out, or what I think is happening, I think they're going to do Khabib versus Edson Barbosa. And they're saving that spot against Alvarez for the winner of Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz. Oh, shit. That's a, that's a good call. Yeah. yeah. It just seems like the perfect opportunity for a, to line up their next huge fight. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, I think they're hoping it's Conor, but Nate Diaz would be pretty good in that spot as well. I thought they said that Conor had to go back down and defend against Jose Aldo. You believe that? <laughs> I believe it, but that's what I'm pretty well, sure. So, certainly, if he loses, I think that would be the case. But, yeah. I mean, even Nate Diaz versus Eddie Alvarez for the title, that would be a hell of a fight. Maybe that's what they're hoping for. Yeah, could be. Yeah. But, yeah, so that about does it for the fights that we watched over the past couple of weeks. Now, let me say this real quick. Do sure. Think, do you think... Uh, do you think if Nate... If, do you think if Connor did win and... Goes to fight uh, Eddie Alvarez. Do you think they'll let him keep the 145 title, or is that too many fights outside? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I think they'll pretty much let Conor McGregor do whatever Conor McGregor wants to do. <laughs> whatever the hell he wants. But maybe if he fights Alvarez, uh, 
no matter what, he either will have to take his the third fight from now as the featherweight consolidation or forfeit his title, period. And I have a feeling he might just say, I'm the lightweight champion, let uh, those midgets go fight for the featherweight, you know, he'll say whatever he's got to say. Oh, beat me anyway. Yeah. You know he's never defended a belt. What? And he's had three of them. He won Cage Warriors lightweight championship, then dropped down to featherweight, won that championship, then he came to the UFC, won the featherweight belt, and moved up. So, I don't know. I'd say he probably never will. Yes, technically he defended the interim, but that doesn't really count. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. I'm just repeating what I heard someone say. <laughs> so, not exactly the greatest uh, research on my part. <laughs> but let's get into our top five for this episode. Oh, yeah. Our top five favorite weight classes. However, we wish to define that ourselves. Like, do you think, um, like, what, I guess I'm just, the way I did it was, what, on any given fight, like, if you just say, it's a lightweight fight, or it's a heavyweight fight, you know, where, how excited are you for that, just a blind buy, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is kind of a tie. All right. All right. I'll allow it. I've got bantamweight or featherweight. And um, I don't know, there's just, this is my number five because I, I really do like the divisions, both of them, pretty equally. Like, I'm pumped for potential rematch between Dominic Cruz and TJ uh, Dillashaw. He's yeah. a huge Dillashaw fan, still am. I think he soundly, definitely think he won the Dominic Cruz fight. Oh, we know. To the time, will do uh, the day I die. <laughs> so, like the featherweight, it's Conor McGregor's made it really exciting. Not that it wasn't with Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo is a great fighter. That's a lot of really good fights, and uh, like the WC fights were always awesome. So they're my number five. It's kind of a tie. I like them both equally. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Featherweight was an honorable mention for me. The only thing that kept me from putting it in my top five was that Connor, I feel like he's gone now, which hurts. Yeah. And since Edgar just lost for the second time against Otto, I don't know if he might drop down to Bantamweight or he's at least out of the title picture for a little bit. Mendez, pop positive. Like, there's a couple things that are – I mean, I still want to see Max Holloway yeah, yeah. fight for the title, but and it's still exciting. But I don't That's know. It's crazy how long he's going to have to wait. Yeah. There's just a few things that are kind of keeping it down for me. But Bantamweight, I definitely enjoy greatly, as I'll get to in a little bit. But uh, my number five is Women's Strawweight, which, you know, Joanna Champion, Joanna Jacek as champion. She's one of my favorite fighters, period. She's always entertaining, always puts on a show. And as far as the women go, this is the best division. I mean, there's only two in the UFC, but... I think this is just the more well-rounded, has the younger fighters who are always improving. We just saw a great fight between two great fighters, Kovalkovich and Nama Yunus. You got just so many young, capable athletes in that division that I think it's going to be... It might not have a dominant personality like a Ronda Rousey, but it. I think it will have the better fights that you'll, that you'll see as far as women go. Yeah, they're, they're always exciting. They move very fast. 
Yeah. A lot of lighter weight class to do. And yep. I think Joanna's a great champion. She's got good character. I mean, she's got a lot of good fans. She's um, she doesn't speak perfect English, but she speaks uh, eligible English. And, yeah, she gives it a go. What's oh, your number four? Clutter Claudia uh, rivalry is pretty good. Yeah, that was definitely great. I'm sure they'll fight again at some point. Um, my number four is light heavyweight. All right. It's a classic mm. of a division. So it's my only number four because I don't like DC at all. I don't like the whole situation. I mean, it's uh, John. It is John Jones' fault, and I just hate the whole fucking situation. Man. Yeah. He can't come back and fight, but there's a lot of great fighters. It's been a classic uh, weight division for a long time. There's some very classic fights in there from uh, years past, and um, I always look forward to good top ten light heavyweight fights. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It's it's that weight class over the years that's just, like, renowned for its Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, Pretty much anything old school UFC that was huge was light heavyweight. Yeah, even like Shogun, Rashad Evans, people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Griffin. Dan Henderson, list goes on and on. Just, uh, yeah. I mean, but the thing for me, look, I like every weight class. I think each weight class has its own traits and personalities. Like, I like flyweight because Demetrius Johnson is so dominant, it's exciting to watch. But it's not my favorite. And light heavyweight is kind of similar. It's very top-heavy. There's not a lot of prospects in the division. It's like a top 10, and that's pretty much all you got as far as, like, legit name guys. They're all, like, over the age of 35. Yeah, and they're getting old for sure. It's not as old as heavyweight, but uh, they're getting older. And John Jones just got popped for steroids. He's out, or he could be out for two years. That hurts big time because he's the biggest draw in that. Um, Cormier, like you said, I mean, he's first of all, he's getting old. Who knows how much longer he'll be there? He's not my favorite fighter either, but I do respect him. Uh, I just, yeah, I definitely like it, but it didn't make my top five. Yeah. But my number four is middleweight. Kind of similar to uh, light heavyweight in that it's very definitely top heavy. Again, a little bit older. Uh, has a little more prospects than light heavyweight, but not many. And uh, I don't. It's just kind of a wacky division right now. That's what makes it fun for me. The next title shot is Michael Bisbing versus Dan Henderson. That's insane, and that's a lot of fun. And you got Luke Rockhold, you got Chris Weidman, you got Jacare, Yol Romero, Leota Machida. Like you got some pretty great exciting fighters at the top of that weight class and I think it's going to be a lot of fun a lot of turmoil going on even GSP has said he might go up to middleweight so that like there are some possibilities for great top of the line fights in that weight class for a while yeah absolutely your number three my number three is uh welterweight all right cool yeah it's um just had the title change this past weekend the Woodley beaten uh, Robbie Lawler. Heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great weight class. We had GSP reign for a long time. Um, there's some good welterweights outside of the USP, uh, UFC of Ben Askren. Um, there's been some really great fights. Robbie Lawler fights great. Uh, GSP fights. There's a lot of uh, great fights at welterweight. And it's a pretty deep division. 
and some world-class uh, fighters there, especially like uh, Damian Maya, his jiu-jitsu specialty. There's Stephen Thompson with his karate and all his wild kicks. There's a lot of like cool specialties there. Some really good fights. Some tough fighters too. Hell yeah, definitely agree. Uh, but my number three is bantamweight, as I was talking about before. Um, it at the t- I don't know. It's kind of surprising to me that it's my third favorite. I mean, you got Dominic Cruz who just came back, picked up right where he left off. But to me, it's just a really exciting future that it has ahead of it, like the near future too. You got young guys like Dillashaw, John Lineker. There's tons of prospects that I think could rise up in a within a year or two and really contend to make it exciting. Um, I just think the depth is vastly improved very quickly over the past few years. Even the fighters outside of the UFC, like Marlon Marias, who just won at the World Series of Fighting this past weekend and was calling out Dominic Cruz from the yeah, opposing awesome. organization's uh, interview. Uh, you got like Eduardo Dantes, the Bellator champion. and I just think I like these little guys. They're fast, but... They can still pack a punch, especially John Lineker. Just really looking forward to watching this division grow over the next couple of years. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting division. Do you uh, do you think Marias is coming to the UFC? I have to think so. I think he's been talking about it for like a year now, and he's calling out the UFC champion from the World Series of Fighting interview. Like, I think, yeah. all, and even Eddie Alvarez, who trains with him and is friends with him, said. He's going to come over to the UFC and do damage and all this stuff. I, I think it's just a matter of time. But yeah, he was I, making mad money in World Series of Fighting, so they're going to have to pay him if they want him. Yeah, that's I just the only thing I think uh, see stopping him is I, mean, I think I read that he made one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. Yep. The thing is, though, I don't. I think the prestige is more important to him. He's fighting nobody over there. So I think he really is going to put a value, much like Will Brooks, on just being the beating the best of the best and taking on the Dillashaws and Cruises and all that. Yeah, I, I I'm excited for him to come over. That makes that would make the division that much better. Yep, completely agree. <clears throat> we'll be number two here. Yep, we're up to number two. My number two is middleweight. Um, great division, like you were saying. There's all the top ten is. Just a list of killers. I mean, yep. it's crazy talent there. And um, great fights there. Uh, Anderson Silva rolling for years and years as a champion with all these incredible fights. And uh, like middleweights like uh, Luke Rockhold, Strike Force. We didn't even know how good he was because of Strike Force back then until he came to the UFC. <clears throat> and for one, post uh, Vs were Belfort fight. Yeah. Until he got bitched by Michael Bisping. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, you have crazy fights like that with the Bisping fight. You've had, like, the Dan Henderson knockout of Bisping. A lot of great fucking middleweight fights over the years. No doubt about it. But my number two is welterweight. You said it, um, and you said it well. It's a stacked deep and historically welterweight and lightweight have been the deepest and most talented weight classes and I don't think that's changed but I, I it was close between the two for me a little bit of a spoiler but I went with welterweight because I, I think 
the possibilities are endless here, especially with this latest shakeup, and the fact that you have GSP coming potentially coming back. You have the Wonder Boy, Stephen Thompson, Damian Myers, Carlos Condon in the wings, Robbie Lawler probably will make his way back. You've got prospects. You've got exciting gatekeepers that aren't even like. Um, you know, like Matt Brown types that are just exciting whether they're in the hunt or not. you got freaking Donald Cerrone making his case up the ladder out of lightweight into welterweight. You have Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor, don't forget, is a welterweight fight. So <laughs> that is kind of for it as well. Not like it's permanent, but just an awesome, awesome weight class. Uh, that's it. <laughs> I mean, it is an incredible weight class, you up on good points that I missed. Yeah, we got Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz. Yep. <laughs> Incredible. I cannot wait for that fight. Oh my god, I'm so excited. What do you got happening? We'll get to that. We'll get <laughs> to that. <laughs> well, I, number one. Both of our number ones, I believe. Lightweight? One is lightweight. For sure, for sure. You can go first. It is an incredible weight class. With, um, awesome fights with legends like BJ Penn. And Anthony Pettis and Ben Henderson, that incredible fight. Well, but well, that second fight wasn't that incredible, but it was a good finish. But uh, that running wall kick. Yep. I like it because it's kind of like a trim. It's like a transitional weight class where you can see a lot of guys go from welterweight to lightweight, from featherweight to lightweight, and stuff like that. For sure. Kind of, you see a lot of cool things like that happening. Yeah. We've had great fights there, like the Frankie Edgar uh, reign. We had all those really close fights with Ray Maynard and Ben Henderson. They were all five round wars that were real close. Yeah, and this is a weight class that there's been some turnover in champions, but whereas in other cases it's more like how good is this person that is champion, and you know like it's just a case of matchups. Whereas lightweight, it's like. The whole division is so damn good. It's almost impossible to hold the belt for too long because yeah. talk about depth. I mean, this is the deepest weight class by far, I think. You have guys that aren't ranked that, like, I don't know, Donald Cerrone. He, he's in lightweight. He goes up to welterweight and does damage there. Yeah. You got people like, I don't know. It's just anybody can beat anybody, it seems like, in yeah. any given day. And freaking Eddie Alvarez is champion. Yeah. You yeah, have Tony Ferguson versus Rafael Dos Anjos are fighting each other. It's not for a title. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just Khabib. Khabib coming up. Freaking. Diaz when he goes back to lightweight. Conor McGregor could be making his entrance, which will spice things up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just... It's historically the best, and I still think currently it's the best. Yeah, I agree. All right. Then we can finally agree on something. (laughs) (laughs) Are we keeping track of our wins? I guess we still haven't done picks in a while. Yeah, I have been slacking on that, but we know in our hearts that I'm better, so it's okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) I can tell that. Well, let's move on to this weekend's fight card in uh, Utah. Headlined by Yair Rodriguez versus Alex Caceres. What a hell of a card. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait for that fight. That's that great. fight is definitely going to be awesome. 
Rodriguez is one of my favorite up-and-coming prospects. Exciting as hell to watch that knockout little flying knee kick thing that he yeah. beat Andre Feely with was incredible. Um, yeah, I didn't really know much about that guy. My buddy Don turned me on to him, and he is savage, man. We yeah. watched a couple of his older fights, and man, he is yeah, a He's improved rapidly. He's he won the Ultimate Fighter Latin America, I believe, and then. Uh, I mean, he was pretty raw when he did that, but yeah. now he's freaking got submissions. He's got incredible striking. Even his wrestling seems to have improved greatly. And Alex Caceres is a really good, entertaining fighter as well. So I think it's a pretty nice test that he should pass. But at least I don't think it will be boring. I don't see any way that that's possible. Yeah, I don't see it either. But I got Rodriguez <clears throat> by knockout. Yeah, I also have Rodriguez by TKO round two. Sounds good to me. But other than that, I mean, this card is not very good yeah. at all. Another one that's ravaged by uh, UFC 200 shenanigans, I think. Yeah. But we'll go through them real quick, at least uh, some of these. Dennis Bermudez is fighting Hani Jason in the co-main. I mean, that's that's that's, co-main. that's a co-main event. Uh I would assume Dennis Bermudez will. Huh? Are you even ranked? Are you even ranked, bro? Uh, I think Bermudez might be. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Honey Jason. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Chris <laughs> Chris Camozzi versus Talis Leites. That's actually a decent fight. Uh, I'll go with Leites. I just think Camozzi's too slow. He has improved a little bit, it seems, lately, but too big and slow, I think. Talis is much more talented. Is that middleweight or late heavy? Middleweight. I'm going to go with Chris Camozzi on that one. All right. Um, Really, I'm going to skip a lot of these because it's either one person that I've heard of or uh, like two people that aren't really much of anything, at least this far in their careers. And we'll go down to the featured prelim on Fight Pass, Cub Swanson versus Tatsuya Kawajiri. Legendary Japanese fighter. Who do you yeah. like? I'm going to go with Cub Swanson. Calgary's just too old. Yeah, I agree. He's a, a bit of a, uh, a hell of a fighter. Really. Yeah, he's a good fighter, but he's on a losing streak. He's in a bit of a funk since he lost to Frankie Edgar and Max Holloway. Uh, he needs this win. I think he'll get it. And hopefully he writes the train. Yeah. Let's move on to... UFC 202, Diaz vs. McGregor 2. Oh, boy. Honestly, <clears throat> I'm already getting super excited for this fight card. I can't wait. I mean, I was pumped for 200. Uh, you talk. I need a drink of water. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I was pumped for 200 also, and it's a shame that we didn't make that card because looking back in hindsight with John Jones pulling off, it's kind of bullshit. But, uh, I mean, this is a great card they put together here, too. too. It's right back on the stacking cards pretty well. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you watch that video, like that little 8 to 10 minute video that they put together previewing it? Yeah, like the extended preview. Yeah. Oh, my God. That got me so amped up. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Like, I didn't, when they first announced this rematch, I was I was like, really? This is kind of dumb. Yeah. For some, like, all the drama has made me, or just maybe the... Uh, the fact that it was supposed to happen and it didn't, and now it is, and, yeah. uh, and it's, the, it's a shame that uh, 
mics on their press conference at uh, yeah, I fight, know. International Fight Week. One, or could have fucking gotten a lot more bids from that. Yeah, but really, what sells out any anytime either of these guys fight, they can hype it like nobody's business. The fact that they're fighting each other for the oh. second time, it's pretty incredible. And there's a ton on the line here. There's no belts, but I mean, Conor McGregor, he really can't afford to. I mean. Honestly, he can, but he it would definitely hurt a lot if he lost the second fight in a row to Nate Diaz. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know how you consider somebody a champion if they two fight two losses in a row. <laughs> yeah. Especially, like, all day coming off that incredibly dominant win. You remember he looked awesome. Like, if, he, if McGregor loses this fight, it's, uh, I think it's going to play in the mind games a whole lot differently. Yeah, for sure. But the fact that we're, like, two and a half weeks out, and I'm already getting goosebumps every time I think of this card. It's like, this might be the most excited I've been for an event, at least in a very long time. Maybe since the Weidman Silva rematch. Yeah. That's, that's the, I mean, I hate when they do too many rematches or like instant rematches. I kind of like to see it mix it up, but there is something special about a rematch that is much anticipated. Yeah, definitely. Like they would have, if Holly Holm and uh, Ronda Rousey would have rematched for the title. Oh, like, hell yeah. But, epic like definitely so it's good to not miss out on the perfect ones but when they do it too much it kind of sucks yeah for sure but even this whole card as a whole i mean at least the pay-per-view portion pretty darn good i mean they got rid of condit and maya into and push that back to another card and still it holds up pretty well yeah, i forgot all about that but yeah it does i mean you've got lorenz larkin versus neil magny on the prelims yeah pretty solid welterweight fight there i mean magni is working his way up yeah just got some uh implications for magni definitely and larkin too i mean he's he's solid fighter i think um that's going to be a close matchup he's got good striking but i think magni will find a way to pull it out on the ground i agree um let's see cody garbrandt who could arguably make a case for a title shot if he beats Takeya Mitsugaki, but that will be no easy task. I mean, Mitsugaki is a veteran. He He's fought the best of the best, and he's beaten some of the best. Yeah. Tough fight for the young guy, you know, because I could see Mitsugaki just, like, out-wrestling him and Garbrandt getting overzealous trying to knock him out and making some mistakes. Yeah, Garbrandt seems to be open to the uh, takedown way his stance is yeah i kind of totally missed this i didn't even see this fight was uh, scheduled for this because i've heard so much about car brand calling dominic cruz out and shit like that yeah they kind of so, snuck this one in under the radar well Garbrandt better win because i am sick of him here and dominic cruz is running from him that's bullshit yeah yeah really the, the champ who has beaten your good old buddy favor <laughs> like in your game <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would like to see Garbrandt fight Cruz just so he could lose embarrassingly. Yeah, but I think I think he'll win here. It is a well matched fight. I I think this is a really smart decision to have this fight take place because you don't want to rush him into a title shot. And if he can beat a guy like Mizugaki, that just proves that he can continue to climb the ladder and eventually earn his shot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next is uh, Tim Means 
coming back from his little suspension, which I think turned out to be not steroids, right? It, it was like a tainted supplement. Tainted supplement. That's a, the buzzword for yeah. <laughs> USADA. But he's fighting a pretty nice prospect in Sean Strickland, 18-1. and uh, Both tall, lanky guys with good striking. I think this will be a fun fight to watch. Who you got, the Dirty Bird or... Sean the strict man Strickland I just came up with that <laughs> I'm going to go with Tim Means on this one I think he's going to be real hungry coming off that suspension and uh, I know he needs it so I think he's coming to go with him yeah to go from fighting Donald Cerrone on like a main event of a Fox Sports 1 card to fighting <laughs> a prospect in Sean Strickland it's a pretty big letdown I would assume I think it'll be close I think it'll be maybe a split decision type of deal but I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Sean Strickland. Yeah. Um, int- very interested to see how that plays out. Could go either way, yeah. Yeah. But Cowboy Cerrone is also on this card. His yeah. third fight at welterweight, this time against Rick Story. Certainly a tough task there. Tough as nails, gritty Rick Story with power, good wrestling. Yeah. Does you think Cowboy makes it 3-0? I I think he does. I think uh, I'm pretty sure he's a little bit taller than Rick Story, so I think he'll be able to hopefully use his reach, not come out with a slow start and use his reach and uh, hopefully pick him apart. Yeah, I agree. I I cannot believe it's his third fight at welterweight already. I mean, he fights often. <laughs> he lost his title fight back in December of last year. And yep, he has three fights. <laughs> he fights basically five times a year. Nobody like else like it. Yep, gotta love it. Uh, Cerrone has looked somehow he gets older he goes up in weight and he looks better and better it's pretty amazing Um, the only thing I worry about here is Story will definitely have like the strength advantage he's definitely going to there could be a risk of him overpowering Cerrone this was a at first when I saw this matchup I was like oh I would have liked Cerrone to get someone a little more exciting than Rick Story but I think it's smart because you're, they're giving him a test at like Patrick Cote. That was a bigger uh, welterweight. He used to fight a light heavyweight, but he he didn't have that power wrestling. Rick Story has that again. This is another test to see if he really can stand toe to toe with the big guys at uh, at welterweight. And I think he will get past him, but I think it's could be tougher than a lot of people think. Yeah, I agree. I think it, it will be a gritty fight. I'm just hoping, uh, you know, maybe Serrani will be able to uh, pick him apart with some leg kicks. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, Rick Story is gritty with his wrestling, so. Which we do see Donald Serrani get taken down sometimes. He does have a very good guard, though. For sure. I could see him submitting Story from his back or something like that. Uh, I'm really interested if he wins, what is next for Donald Serrani, because he could get a huge step up and fight someone like the winner of Damian Maia versus Colors Condit. Yeah. Or they could give him that Matt Brown fight or just continue the gradual step up. I'm very interested to see their strategy. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know if him coming on three wins with a fight with Matt Brown would make too much sense. Yeah. It's a fight I look forward to maybe seeing one day, but I don't know, three wins in a row against top ten guys as well to me. Well, I think, I don't know, not, I guess not all top ten guys. But, but uh, up there, yeah, like top 20-esque. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I fight against... Uh, Brazilian Cowboy was an impressive win. Yep. And uh, he fought after that, right? Yeah, he fought uh, Patrick Cote. Yeah, yeah. That was a very good stoppage. So if he can win this fight in an impressive fashion, I think uh, he's got a 
big welterweight fight coming his way. Yeah, and I would assume, I mean, he is obviously a draw. People love him. They don't want to mess around too much and uh, have him lose and lose some stock, so I think they'll want to get him a big fight after this. Yeah, especially in, like, a shitty fight. They don't want to... Yeah, for sure. Some fill-in fight, which he's going to be begging for. (laughs) Hell yeah, you know, he'll say, I'll fight Eddie Alvarez for the lightweight title. I'll fight anyone on short notice. I'll fight uh, Cain Velasquez. (laughs) I know a guy. Or whatever he says. Whatever he says. Uh, co-main event. This was supposed to headline UFC on Fox 20, as we had mentioned. It's Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Glover Teixeira. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, I think so. so. It's like I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. This, uh, we'll see. Anthony Johnson always comes out looking great. We'll see if Glover can keep up with that. He's getting old. Yeah. Sometimes he's sluggish out there, so I don't know if Johnson will come out with a convincing knockout or it'll be a back-and-forth war. I think someone's getting knocked out. I mean, two power punchers both coming off of impressive knockout victories. Uh, this fight is kind of more important now than ever. I mean, this already was going to determine the next challenger between the winner of Cormier and Jones, but now that Cormier's clearly going to hold on to that title, this is pretty big you you know who you're fighting uh johnson could get a shot at a uh, second shot at cormier or Teixeira could get his first shot uh i think rumble's just gonna kind of just do what he does and come out fast and strong and knock a hole through glover to share his chest yeah i think that's definitely a possibility of happening um i think anthony johnson's gonna be super hungry in this fight yeah I'm not super stoked to see him fight Cormier again, unless he can actually knock him out this time. I guess it's possible because Cormier's getting older, but... Yeah, I mean, he fucking definitely slammed him in that last fight. Yeah. I mean, I'm not just... It just does not excite me this winter. I mean, even if, like, if Cliver, I don't think stands a chance. No, me either. John Jones out of this picture is definitely, like, kind of fucked the uh, light heavyweight. Yeah, really... Is a buzzkill because it was going to be exciting to see if Jones had beaten Cormier, then had to fight someone with the power of Johnson before moving up to heavyweight. It's a shame that all those possibilities are gone. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of sucks. Yeah. Now, main event time. <coughs> we got Nasty Nate Diaz against Conor oh, McGregor. What do you think is going to happen? Same old, same as the first one, or we got redemption arc? I'm hoping. Nate Diaz is a lot uh, as that left hand figured out it's, gets hit a lot less times and just kind of you know like picks uh, McGregor apart and talks shit while doing it it's always awesome once they start tagging people and coming forward and throwing their hands down oh. it's, it's, I love it god that first fight from uh, March was so great they're both but, chirping at each other they both had their moments oh man that was probably my favorite fight I've ever watched. Just the whole atmosphere of uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and everything. That was pretty damn cool. Yeah, it was incredible. And I'm hoping that it's... I'm hoping Connor actually learned a lesson. I mean, the thing is, they both have reasons to think that they're going to win because, yeah, Connor McGregor took the Nate Diaz fight on short notice, but clearly so did Nate Diaz. Yeah. He didn't have time to train. Now he will. McGregor was preparing for RDA uh, and had his opponent switched up on him in the last minute. And apparently he kind of just said, all right, fine, I'll just go out 
and beat the shit out of him, which is not the best uh, strategy against someone as tough as Nate Diaz. Yeah. And this time he seems to be prepared. He says he's bringing in lanky dudes, left-handed lanky fighters um, to prepare. So I don't know. I could see it being more like I think McGregor's going to win. I think he's going to – I think all he's been doing this entire time is cardio, 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 if he's smart. Right, yeah. Because if he can – I mean he – doesn't need to throw as hard of punches as he did in that first round the first time, but if he can fight like that for four or five rounds, I think he'll he'll win a decision. But that's yeah. a big if. I mean, I it, it could just happen again. I don't see this fight going as a decision myself, but yeah, you're right. He definitely needs to be working on his cardio and um, keeping up his pace while throwing. It's probably less than up on those crazy spinning kicks all the time. Go with the more uh, logical approach. Yeah. For sure. And either way, both of these guys, this is probably, I think this is going to be the biggest pay-per-view of all time. I just had that feeling. And win or lose, both guys are going to continue on to, to superstardom. Which is it's crazy. Because I love this, it. This card isn't that stacked. I mean, it's not bad, but but you're right. This fight with all the press is going to get and this uh, rematch is Definitely got the possibility to doing it. Yep. I mean, I already saw Nate Diaz was on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, it's already starting. And it's not even, it's more than two weeks away. Yeah. Uh, man, it's just, I mean, McGregor has so many possibilities after this. He can go fight Aldo to consolidate the featherweight championship. He could drop down to lightweight to fight Eddie Alvarez. Win or lose, he could do these things. He could stay at welterweight and fight Donald Cerrone or whatever. And same with Nate Diaz. He's, he's going to be a force now at lightweight and welterweight. He can pretty much, he'll be able to do whatever he wants. He's definitely going to be able to dictate. So. Even if he loses, I feel this. I feel that way. Yeah, I definitely. I think uh, he's going to get down to the lightweight and be a big contender down there. Yep, he'll immediately get to pick his pick of the litter from the top five. And he trains really hard and doesn't come in like he did in like the RDA fight. Yeah. Like that. Hopefully, it seems like look, look what happened though. When he had the opportunity against McGregor, he stepped in. He saw the money. He said, "If I could beat this guy, I can finally get the money I feel I've always deserved." So maybe that motivation will just keep him at the top of his game. Yeah, definitely. So <clears throat> he looked great in that. Uh, fight right Michael before. Johnson. Yeah, he looked great in that fight, and he immediately started calling out McGregor. Oh yeah. I, I forgot how awesome that post-weight interview was when they had that in the little extended uh, preview. Take everything I fucking work for. Yeah. I'm going to come out. I'm going to fight your fucking ass. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, I'm hey. looking forward to the lead-up to this fight almost as much as I am to the actual fight. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And Nick Diaz, there's his brother big time for keeping their names high up in the press. Yep. I mean... What a story. The Diaz brothers are the best. <laughs> yeah. I used to hate them, but man, they are everything that is right in MMA. <laughs> More fighters should just let loose like that. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, yeah, I guess real quick, there were a couple little news stories we should probably get to. Uh, actually, there's only one that we haven't touched on. is the new MMA rules that they kind of instituted. Yeah. They'll be starting January 1st, 2017. Uh, they kind of all they did was they've been talking about it a lot. I know they're talking about 
12 to 6 elbows. There's all kinds of things that... Okay, yeah, yeah, they're that's the next one. Okay, but they're definitely, like, trying to make legitimate improvements and changes. Yeah, they they, uh, they changed some of the language and the uh, scoring rules. Yeah, so they want, they want more 10-8 rounds. Or they, they don't want more 10-8 rounds, but judges need to be willing to do it. Yeah. Because they're pretty much never giving 10-8 rounds. When, no, yeah, so I, I like that. Although that could probably lead to some draws like we saw uh, at UFC 201. Yeah. But hey, I mean, them's the breaks. Uh, they also um, redefined a grounded fighter where they, you, they're trying to cut down on what they call playing the game, which yep. is where I sit there with a the fingertip on the ground or stuff like that. I love it. Yeah, you need like uh, two palms to be touching a mat or a knee or yeah I really yeah, like that because it's bullshit when yeah fingertip of knees exactly it's not a natural thing like it was meant to be to protect you from a too obviously a forceful of a knee but yeah yeah I don't know they, they need to keep making these improvements and they need to get better training with refs and judges too yeah for sure so we'll see how it all works out in about six months from now. Yeah. But in about three weeks from now, we'll There's, be... Um, sorry to cut you off there. All good. There's another committee doing the same thing that they just did to uh, pass those rules. They're meeting again in a month. And they are... Uh, what are they discussing here? Give me one second. Yeah, and they, MMA fighting has had a lot of great coverage on this every day. As this process is going on. Yeah, it uh, definitely is. Mark Ramondi, shout out to you, buddy. I love MMA fighting. It's by far my favorite uh, My favorite news. There's a holy trinity for me. It's Sure Dog, MMA Fighting, MMA Junkie. Like yeah. them all for their different, you know, things they do best. Did you find it? I did not. I'm slacking here. <laughs> anyway, they're doing the 12 to 6 elbows and something else. Cool. Yeah. Oh, an instant replay. Instant replay, yeah. That's interesting. I don't know how I feel about that, but I would just like to hear more about what their arguments are. I don't what to do with it. I don't know either. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm a good episode. I'm, ex- I'm excited to get back together after 202 to, you know, see what happened. Talk about it. Oh, uh, real quick, there's just breaking news. Uh-oh. Dan Harrison, Michael Bisping, official. It's official. October 8th in Manchester, England. The credibility of the UFC has just gone out the window. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll be there. I'll be watching. Yeah, me too. But yeah, great episode. It was good to, uh, good to be back in the swing of things. Yep. All right, guys. We will see you next time. See you guys.